Welcome to another episode of the Mousebergers. Yes. Yes. With me. Yes. What are you just saying yes for? Because I don't do intros. Oh. I was going to say with me, and you're supposed to say... And me. Rerun. No, I'm going to start again. Do the with me again. No. And me. <laughs> uh, that didn't work. So... It's the new episode. Yes. Um, not much has happened in the last week, I would say. No. Um, just this and that, bits and bobs. Yes. Not much changing. No. Um, but I think next week, next week there'll be changes. Next week we'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah, well... Um, in fact, next week we might just talk about... That sort of stuff and changes and yeah, I suppose like changes in life and the mm. impact on it because uh, yeah, some stuffs move around, but we uh, it's not like definite yet, so we'll not talk about it just yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, nothing, nothing new going on. I am gonna be experiencing or having some sort of uh, risk assessment and wellness meeting with my job, um, which will be interesting. Um. I suppose there's other people out there that listen to this that have a job, but I don't know what it's like. I don't know what other jobs or other employers do for their staff, like what things they put in place, what changes are made, like that kind of thing. I've never really, I've never really like asked or seen it or that kind of thing. I just yeah. figured that those on the spectrum either do a job that is suited to them on the spectrum or they don't have a job. But I, I don't know about like changes that companies can make in place for people on the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So uh, I'm going to be having a meeting with my bosses soon. Uh, and we're going to talk about changes in place, which will be interesting. I've done the job for four years nearly now, but uh, I've never really had anything altered for me. So it'll be interesting to see how that meeting goes. What comes up, I might talk about it. Because obviously if they implement something that's useful or that does help, I can talk about it. And anybody else out there that's having issues with their job or wants changes to be made for employers, you know, like if you apply for a job, <clears throat> you get the job, uh, you tell the company that you're applying for that you're, you've got a disability, that it's autism, and they say what changes are needed. I wouldn't know. Um, like I wouldn't know. I... So it would be interesting this meeting is to find out what I think should be needed. But usually when I get a job or go anywhere or even filling out forms where you click disabled and then they ask like what changes need to be made, I always put nothing. Yeah. Which always makes me think like why have I even bothered mentioning the disability in the first place when the changes are nothing? Yeah. Um, but it might just be that I'm not aware of them. Like I've just gone in and out of um, jobs, never really like I think I've only had two since I was diagnosed um, one of them is the one I do now and the other one I was diagnosed mid doing the job. So they were going to put changes in place, but then the company I worked for went under and it didn't matter. And with the job I've got now, I've kind of, because I'm a member of management, I've kind of just made my own changes. I've noticed this the other day that when I was doing work that like when it came to strangers coming in store or serving people or that kind of thing, sometimes I just disappear. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just move away from like the busy area and go to like a quiet area or sometimes I'll do jobs that aren't really do you know what I mean like aren't affecting me uh, and I realized that I was just managing it myself but um that obviously is not ideal um it is quite stressful I think I found it difficult at times so I feel like having to manage it myself and having to do things that I think will help me like sort of unconsciously I don't think I was ever doing it on purpose will be interesting to have like a set thing put in place now that says don't do this don't do that um so i'll be interested to see what that goes on with or what happens there yeah um which kind of leads us on to the topic of the week um this week i've decided to go with what it's like being as but living in a i suppose a world that's aimed at people that are nt so like when you're born yes when you're you know go to school that kind of thing the world's meant for neurotypical people, like systems that are put in place like school, education, family unit, like how you're supposed to behave in the world, how you're supposed to interact with people, how you're supposed to 
go about your life is all there's like an NT guideline or an NT like way of doing it. And then there's a differentiating thing that which is obviously when you've got autism, ASD, Asperger's, whatever, you don't stick to them. And that's what makes you stand out, which is interesting because think about like I always think about like, say, Asperger's was the more common thing that people had. So yeah. more people were ASD than they were NT. And then the world would be different. The world would be, all the systems would be in place, would be ASD based. And then those that are NT would be the ones that stand out. Yeah. It's the ASD that makes you stand out because you're following the NT rules or the NT guidelines, but you can't because there's certain things that are in place that don't work for you that make you different and stand out to other people that you know make sure it's why it's hard to get jobs or to do the job the same way like even like things like my job like the rules and the guidelines for the job are meant for those that are nt and because there's things about me that aren't i can't follow them which is why changes have to be made but um it's just something i thought about like if you've got a if you are on the spectrum you've got to live in a neurotypical world and most things are aimed at being neurotypical like the way shops work the way everything works pretty much is there's an there's it's you know been made for those that aren't on the spectrum so obviously there's things that can be made and there's changes that can be put in place but awareness is still ongoing it's not everywhere um like the supermarkets doing the one hour a week thing do you know what i mean like that's fine but i'm not autistic for one hour out of the week you know yeah so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. It's quite a big topic. Um, it's quite a big thing to go into this week, but just like a brief, you know, we might cover it again, but it's just something I've been thinking about with like my job lately um, and the things that are having to be put in place and the changes that are going to have to be made. Like we've been experiencing some between us both, some changes this week that when you explain them to other people, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It doesn't yeah. seem like something that's that much of an issue or that much of a problem, but for us it is, but even having conversations with neurotypical people, there's things that you say that because they've been raised in a way to believe that these things aren't big problems and aren't hard tasks to follow. Yeah, I was uh, trying to think of an aspect of life that is universal or something you have to do that is, I suppose, for both neurotypical and ASD. Uh, And I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything that was meant for both people apart from like you know being at home or eating mm. do you mean like the basic like human stuff eating washing getting dressed that kind of yeah. thing were the only things that i could see as like a normal doesn't matter which one you are yeah but the things that involve leaving your house um there isn't anything out there that i think is solely for people with asd i think it's Everything's been designed for like a standard neurotypical person and then ASD people can either do it or they can't do it. Uh, and then the stuff that we'll just never do and then the stuff that we can do if um, changes are made. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I've always felt that way anyway. So like for a lot of people that are on the spectrum, I think, you know, you're different. So before I was diagnosed, I knew I was different from everybody else anyway. It's not like once I got diagnosed, it was out of the blue and I was like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. Like, you kind of always feel different. So when you watch people do stuff, uh, like follow lessons at school or like just pay attention in class or make friends or, um, do you know what I mean? Just go to the shop or, you know, like when your mom's like, go ask someone in a shop, like if they can find this thing, go ask them for me. Yeah. I'm busy doing this. Like you see other like NT children or your friends or that kind of thing. Just do it, you know? Yeah. Just get on with lesson. Just go ask. Just go make a phone call. Um, And all these things that are just, um, but there isn't like a, if you're NT, make a phone call. If you're not, send an email. Do you know what I mean? Like ring this person or email this person. Um, There's always like, it was always like one thing. There was never like, if you're not, here's the alternative. Yeah. Um, So I've always felt like, I've always felt different. And I think that's based on watching other people do stuff um, or have emotional reactions to stuff or kind of like what we talked about last week with the anger, um, like their emotional reactions to things aren't the same as mine. So I always felt like almost that was like a different species to everybody else. I never felt like, I felt like they were human and I was something else. Yeah. That I didn't know what the name was. Um, And I think that's because like the whole way everything works, uh, like in life in general, 
um, it feels you you do notice it feels different, and you do notice that some things that you just I mean, like growing up, especially when you're not diagnosed, you just watch people easily do things day in day out, yeah. and you just think, how have they managed this? Like, how are they doing that? Um, it doesn't make any sense, like that they can just do that, and then you think, oh, well, if they can just do that. I can just do that. And then you give it a shot. And then you're like, this is awful. Like, I can't do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. Is any of what I'm saying making any sense? No, I completely get what you mean. You're just very quiet. Oh, no, I was I was listening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, I've kind of gone on a bit there. But do you, I mean, obviously for you, you've not been diagnosed yet. No. Uh, your diagnosis is, is you got a meeting this month? Is it this month? We're, Jan- Hope, we're, in, Jan- we're in January yeah. now. Hopefully. So you might start your diagnosis this month now. Maybe. But. Before you met me, yeah. Before any of this, um, did you could you tell that you were different to other people? Yeah. Did you feel that like everything was like the I suppose structures of life uh, in general were felt like they weren't meant for you? Yeah, I always thought I was different. Um, I always knew that I'm not that into hanging out with friends. Uh, I find it quite hard to maintain friendships, not because I fall out with people, just I find it hard to want to hang out with people. So maintaining friendships is hard if people keep asking, do you want to hang out? And you keep saying no, or I'm busy or I'm doing this. So I think that was a big thing for me, the like the social aspect of it. I would always rather be by myself than with a a friend or a group of friends I think that was a thing that really stood out as being different um it didn't massively understand social situations when I was in them I think especially as if I'm meeting new people for the first time it does make me really on edge but not so much that because I sort of went by the mentality that everyone's a bit on edge when they meet new people but for me I'd find that I could do this I'd sort of put on a fake personality of really friendly and upbeat and happy and not that I'm never friendly or upbeat or happy but I'd put on this over exaggerated really happy friendly wanting to hang out person with loads of energy and I'd find it really exhausting so I could do it for the first meeting and then the second time or the third like then when those people met me again I'd be more like myself which is way more shy reserved don't really talk to try and talk to people takes a lot of effort for me it feels like it's quite draining so I think that's something that I see is different because everywhere in the not everywhere, but in the outside world, there's a lot more of meeting random people um, and it's a norm. Um, even in situations of the work environment, people want to talk and hang out and make friends with their colleagues, whereas I I never really had that desire as much. I'm more and just to myself. And then to hang out outside of work, you see that a lot. The same at school with like after school activities as well and things like that. Just never had the desire. I'd rather be at home by myself. But what made you, when you first meet people, mm. do the happy, like fun, whatever? Why would you do that first when you met people like as a default when you saw someone? What made you do that? Because you don't do it the second time. So why do it the first time? Because I think I want them to... I don't know if I want them to like me as much as I just want them to not think that I'm weird. I think I went through a long time when I was younger of people thinking I was weird. And I remember the word weird being said about me or used to describe me quite a lot, even by people that were considered my friends, not necessarily in a mean way, just a, you're different, you're a bit weird. Um, So I think I just didn't want that association anymore when I got a bit older and started caring a bit more, I suppose. Yeah, but um, this is what I mean. Like when I say that it's an NT world, like when you meet people, you like in you, you, you know that I think for like people that are neurotypical, when they meet people, they don't have to put on the act. They don't have to 
like you know oh i'm meeting new people i better pretend i'm like happy like yeah. fun that kind of thing they are what they are yeah. like i know people like have to make like a first impression but most people have like a, a way that they are when they meet people and that's just it's a natural thing for them yeah whereas like meeting people and behaving a certain way is not a natural thing for us uh in general so you noticed that there's like um that there's a set way you're supposed to behave or talk to people yeah um and have learned to do what's supposed to be done yeah and then met them you know and then and then put it on but then like for some reason on the second time you meet them you don't do that yeah i mean why would you drop it for the second time I don't know. It's a, it's almost like I put so much energy into doing it the first time that I then don't want to put any more energy into that person. It's it's a weird thing. I'm always like it. I'm like it when I do at work when I hire people. My interview, I'm always really nice to meet you. It's going well. Their first day, I'm the complete opposite. I'm really I'm really shy. I don't really like talking to people um, that I don't know. It puts me on edge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just used. I've. It's almost like that person with any random stranger. I have a certain amount of energy that I can put towards them, and that all goes into the first meeting. And then after that, they've used they've used up their my energy. Even if it's been like a long period of time between when you see them a second time. Um, I think mostly. Not always. This isn't always the case with every person I ever meet, but I would say that's more of a general... Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting, I suppose. It's um, it's always been... It's, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I... I remember somebody ages ago on our Facebook page, or it was in a message, said they wanted to do us a topic on um, things we've had to teach ourselves that NT people just do. Yeah. We never came onto that topic because I couldn't really think of what those things were. Um, I'm still kind of thinking about it now, like every now and then when one comes up, you know, like in my day to day. Yeah. Something will come up and I'll be like, oh, maybe that one. Um, but I think stuff like that is what you're saying. I think NT people just know how to meet people. Whether or not they're good at meeting people or whether or not they know what the right things to say are, they just do it. Yeah. You know, like for me, meeting someone is is an event. I have to like in a right mindset but you're right I have to do things a certain way and that's because it's not normal for me to talk to strangers uh the concept of talking to strangers is weird like why would you no I mean I don't really interact that well with the people I know so why would I add new people to the to the list of people I know when I don't really like talk to the people I know already I don't really know how to chat to them on a regular basis and they know me yeah why would i go start this with somebody else that i have no idea who they are exactly um but for nt people it's that's not even something to consider yeah <laughs> it's not even something that they would think about like when they talk to anyone do you know what I mean like no part of them says like um oh do i need another friend or like do i need to have another person in my life yeah i'd say generally obviously not every nt person but yeah I'd yeah generally yeah but like I, I'm just not good at, at doing that kind of thing. And like conversations or the way you're supposed to behave. So like your, I suppose, I don't want to say etiquette, but like the way conversations are supposed to happen, manners, yeah. um, politeness, those things aren't something that are natural. No. It doesn't mean I'm rude or whatever or brash or that kind of thing. But I, I don't understand the boundaries of what can be spoken about, what can't be spoken about what you say to certain people, what you don't say to certain people. Yeah, I'm bad at that. Whereas a lot of people just know. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever had that where you've just said something to somebody and then after your friend's gone, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But you just think, like, what? Why? I do um, that all the time. But this is the thing. Like, I feel like conversations in general are those things that most people just naturally know the rules to and know what they can and can't say or what they can and can't do. And the NT people that break these rules are doing it on purpose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they are choosing to be rude or choosing to be like blunt um, because they want that person to know they don't like them or they want that person to think this is the kind of person I am. Whereas when you're on the spectrum, you do it without realising you're doing it because you don't understand what the boundaries of the conversation are. Yeah, I remember when I was younger getting in 
I don't know why I was in trouble, but I'd been bowling with my friends. My parents had given me the money for bowling, but for some reason, my dad had picked me up early before the bowling had finished, and he was in, he was really angry at me. But I, I don't know what I'd done wrong, but I'd obviously done something wrong. But I remember on the drive home, I said, well, that was stupid because it's not my money that's been wasted, it's your money. But I didn't mean it how it was coming across. It was coming across as in I've gone like, well, I don't care anyway because it was your money, so whatever, towards the bowling. But what I actually meant was that was illogical of you to, you've already paid for it, so you should have at least let me finish so that the money was well spent which was what I meant in my head but I remember my dad said nothing we got home and then he told my mum what I said and my mum just went mental at me but I was so confused because she said it back to me and it like was shouting it shouting at me and then I realized how it had been perceived but I knew what I meant but you can't then go well I didn't mean it like that because obviously Especially at the time, I remember I was just in trouble and it obviously had sounded wrong, but I had no idea how it had come across until it was shouted back at me like that. And then I was like, oh no, I see how they've taken this. This isn't what I meant. But that's like a really clear example in my head of a time where I've said something and it's just been taken completely not how I think it's meant to come across. I think that happens a lot. Um... I I don't really notice what I say. I find when I'm out in public and I'm talking, things come out of my mouth without me realising. And even afterwards, if someone goes, what did you just say? I usually don't know what I've just said. Like, whatever's come out has just sort of blurted out. I do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've noticed that with you, that sometimes you say stuff and I'm just like, you know, you've just... I think swearing's one with you. You tend yeah. to swear quite loudly all of a sudden and don't realise you've done it. Yeah. Which um, I've met other people on the spectrum that have that, where you they just swear loudly and don't realise they've done it. Um, and it's not like Tourette's or anything like that. They just will have a normal conversation and use a sentence that's the right sentence, but they'll add a swear word in it that they could have said the sentence without it. But yeah. they've said it quite loud and like you're in a situation where you're in a public place... And obviously swearing out loud in public is, you know, there's a time and a place for it, that kind of thing. Yeah. These are the things I'm talking about, whereas like a lot of people on the spectrum will just do it and that, don't yeah. understand like why it was wrong or that kind of thing. There's nothing in you like before you say it saying not to say it. It's sometimes not till after. Yeah. Well, every time you point out to me, you just said that. I think almost every time I go, did I? Like I, yeah. like, I don't even realize that it's come out of my mouth. I think that's, yeah. I also think another thing is with a lot of people, I think they're fine to uh, be to question things. Whereas I find it really embarrassing if I have to question things. So if someone's trying to explain something to me and I don't get it, I usually just go along with it like I do because I find it more embarrassing to question it or say, oh, sorry, I didn't understand that. Or if I think someone's wrong... I usually will just go along with it because I find it embarrassing to try and tell them that I think they're wrong. Whereas I I think NT people are usually all right with that sort of thing. That's definitely something that I know myself I always hold back from when, I, when I'm dealing with social things. Well, I mean, I think that's... I mean, that's that could be something that is relevant because um, obviously, like, when people teach people stuff or show people stuff... They do it in a way that for them has worked yeah. probably like hundreds of times before when they've told somebody this. But this is the first time they're having to explain it to somebody on the spectrum. And like we just learn differently or absorb information differently. And I suppose if you're not diagnosed and you've grown up like in school uh, and you've been told how to do something like three, four times and you're still not getting it. Yeah. Probably found that teachers have like lost their patience with you, parents have lost their patience with you, and you get it in your head that if you keep asking questions on how to do something, um, people are just going to get angry. So you just try and go along with it and then try and wing it. But it's because you didn't absorb it normally. But that could just be like a learnt behaviour from 
from just being told that, you know, I've already told you this like three times now, how are you not getting it? Um, but that person that's told you has, you know, previously like taught a class of people, like and everybody in there is NT except for like you possibly. Yeah. And everybody else has got it. So yeah. when you're teaching a room of people and like 90% of them have just picked it up, no problem. Like you just think that that teaching method is the one that works. Everybody's picking it up, no problem. Everything's good. No need to worry. But then obviously those on the on are on the spectrum and if they're not diagnosed you don't think well why are they not picking it up you can just start thinking like well if they're not getting it it's not me because i've already told people how to do this and they get it this person's not getting it because they're not listening because yeah. they're like just not paying attention not focused like not applying themselves i mean if you look at like all my like school reports and that kind of thing they all say the same thing and they all say pretty much that like would do better if you know yeah could apply if they just applied themselves they would get way better grades this kind of thing um and that's because like things like school and how people learn it's it's different but like you can't expect somebody to get something that's on the spectrum if you're just teaching them the same way and if you don't know i guess you can't make the changes but this is what i mean like um I've read some people's like stuff on like social media and that kind of thing that claim they think they're on like the wrong planet, like based yeah. on like the way they are. And there's just this feeling of like even with school jobs, that kind of thing. You feel like it's weird that you're not getting it. Yeah. That everybody else is getting it and you're not understanding what's happening, you know, like and it doesn't make sense. And then there's sometimes where someone's taught you how to do something, you get what they mean and you get how to do it, but then you do it. And the end result is not the same as everybody else's. Yeah, I think... Well, I think in this whole... It's a world built around a more NT perspective. I think the places where that is the most obvious is... Places where there's lots of people, I guess. Yeah. um, I would say, in particular, school. Yeah. um, Because school is essentially where you teach children how to live in the adult world so i would say school and then work environments that are i mean all work environments generally but i would say more so the more corporate kind of office environment is probably the the biggest example you're going to have of a nt world just because there's so many different jobs out there that, that could be more tailored towards people on the spectrum but uh if you look at the fact that in an office and in school there's certain behaviors that you are expected to follow there's like an etiquette to how you're supposed to behave you're meant to be professional uh you're meant to talk to each other in a certain way you're meant to get along as colleagues there's often in many like workplaces and in school uh and stuff there's a lot of team building exercises and um the place where you eat lunch is kind of all together there's a like a canteen or something i find that that's probably a good example of the nt world because it's more difficult for people on the spectrum to probably immerse themselves in that yeah um yeah like i say it is it is the i suppose it is the main institutions like school like jobs um would you find that with family that there's uh the way the way families operate is more aimed at like neurotypical people i definitely yeah i would say there's that expectation um i saw my I, i saw a couple of people from my family today and one of the things they were talking about was Christmas next year. They said it's been, well, it's been four years since I spent a Christmas with my family. And they were saying, oh, like maybe next year, now that uh, it might be easier for you to get home, maybe next year you can come home and have Christmas with us. That sounds great. Um, which I just responded with, I had a really good Christmas this year. I really enjoyed it. Um and I, that's how I liked it. So I'd say not just Christmas, but that's that's the expectation that you would want to do it. And it's not because I have anything against my family or I don't want to spend Christmas there. It's just I personally prefer a different way of doing things. And my family's really 
close with each other. Like they have a group chat that they all talk on. They go to the pub together all the time. So I suppose in that sense, there's a lot of family norms. Yeah, I mean, family in general, like the way it is, like everyone always say like the... Uh, I've, do you know what I mean? Like people talk about their families on, uh, you know, when they talk about in person, when they talk about them on social media. Yeah. They always talk about like the ways you're supposed to be, like you're supposed to, um, do you know what I mean? Like family's everything. You've got to be like close to them. You've got to see them all the time. When you're together, there's got to be like a certain way you're supposed to behave. You're supposed to feel like this bond. And we've covered this before, but like for the people like cousins, nieces, nephews uncles those kind of people in my family i've never felt like anything towards you know like i've never felt like any sort of connection whatsoever i know that like we're related i know that at some point like there's a similar dna strand whatever it is um but i don't feel like any sort of natural bond to them and a lot of them i haven't seen for a long time but i don't really ever think about them or I don't really... I think you pointed it out the other day. I was on, like, I think I was on Facebook scrolling through stuff and somebody came up that had the same surname as me. Yeah. And you were like, do you know them? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, wait, no, that's my cousin. Yeah, same <laughs> surname. Um, there's even that kind of, like, dynamic of how families work that, to me, seems like it's meant more for NT people on how the how families... I suppose the expectation... Yeah, I just, like, I, I do feel, but I only really feel like, or have any sort of, like, real connection to, like, I would say immediate family, mom, dad, brother, that yeah. kind of thing. And then everybody else, there's not really anything there. They're just people that either have the same same surname as me, look similar to me, or every now and then I'll have to go to, like, a function and they'll be there and I'll know who they are. But that's it. I don't feel like... I don't feel like anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like when people want a big family or like, you know, like there's people in my family that enjoy a good family gathering, mm. you know, and when I go to it, because I live so far away from everybody else, if I ever go back home for a gathering, like there's a big, like it's a big deal that I've turned up, yeah. you know, and they're all just like, oh, you know, Nikki, I haven't seen you in ages. Like, yeah. how are you? What are you up to? And there's this big thing. And I just don't understand why this person is making such a big deal about me being there. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but then anybody else turns up. Like, my brother, the same. My brother doesn't live anywhere near, like, my family. So when my brother turns up, same thing again. They make a big deal out of him. Like, wow, like, I haven't seen him in a while. Like, this kind of thing. And he'll respond with a, a similar thing. Like, he'll start saying similar stuff back. Yeah. And that's where it's weird. Like, I... If he goes first, <laughs> then I can just copy what he's doing. Yeah. But if I go first, <laughs> then it's difficult because they'll say all this stuff. And then I'll just go, yeah, I've been here. I've been doing that. I've been doing this. And then when it ends, I just sort of go, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't feel the need to then go, what have you been up to? Follow it up, like that kind of thing. And I don't feel like any, I don't know, I don't feel like any anything there um i don't feel like the i guess they I, I do genuinely believe that they're like excited to see me yeah but i don't get why yeah um i don't get what the big deal is like when someone says oh it's been ages since the whole family's been together i just think why does it matter that this there hasn't been this combination of people in one room in a while like what's the what's the point yeah. um and that, yeah, it's just one of those things that doesn't make any sense to me. That is just one of those NT things that is a mystery. Yeah, I'm completely the same. Like I, I feel a bond to my immediate family, as you say, in the sense that we grew up in the same household. So we've shared memories and we know each other relatively well, or at least like we at some point have been quite close in living together and being around each other. So I definitely have that with my immediate family, like my mum, my dad, my sisters will like, they feel like my family. I understand that. That to me makes sense. But then, yeah, as you say, the, the people outside of that, I wouldn't, I don't think I have this like family feeling towards them. I more have it in my head. We're related, but I don't, yeah, I don't feel this. And if I'm honest, I don't, really 
remember them unless I'm in this meeting. Not I, I'd see them and not know who they are, but they never come into my head. I never think like, oh, I wonder what this auntie's doing. You know, like that's not a thought that ever comes up. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. Like the main aspects of life do seem to be more. But then like, is there a family out there that's everybody in that family is autistic? Like every last member of it? Like, I don't, it, know. It, it, I don't think it exists. Like, but what would what would happen? What would be the difference? Like there wouldn't be like they probably never meet. They probably yeah. never like meet up. They probably see each other occasionally. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things like when people say like and they talk about it uh they talk about relationships between like so if your boyfriend and girlfriend is it better to be two nts two as one as one a and t you know like yeah. which one's the better combination i imagine it's the same with families like mm-hmm. is it better to have a family that's entirely autistic than to have one member of the family that isn't uh yeah. and the rest of them are and obviously if you are that member of the family that is autistic um I think a lot of people in the family, if they know, do you know what I mean? Like you're the... You're the autistic one. You're the autistic one, yeah. Um, I don't think it happens in my family. I'm not sure because obviously if they were referring to me that way, I wouldn't be there. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, I do know other families or uh, past relationships I've been in, they've talked about their family. And sometimes when they find out about me... They're almost like, they don't say like, well, we've got one of those in our family. <laughs> but they do all sort of go, oh, like, cousin, whoever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and they know exactly which one it is yeah. that does it. Um, and I guess it's, like I say, because the world is aimed at neurotypical and most things are neurotypical, I think once you know somebody is, especially with families, you refer to them as the autistic one or, oh, yeah, they're autistic or they've got special needs and that kind of thing. Because then once you know that, when you go to these gatherings and when you have these big family meetings and whatever, if that one person does anything weird or has odd behavior, does certain things, has a reputation, because obviously in families, you know this person for years. It's not like work, you change your job, you don't see those people again. Yeah. School, you leave school, you don't see your school friends anymore. With family, you tend to go your entire life knowing these people. Yeah. So <clears throat> to know someone's autistic and refer to them as that it then just means that every time you see them if they do anything that's considered not normal not nt you're just like oh yeah but he is the autistic one you know <laughs> so there's that like uh, oh yeah he is odd I've, every time i've spoke to him it's always been a bit of a weird conversation <laughs> like he tends to just talk about the same things over and over again like with no real like differentiation but it's fine like he's the autistic one do you know what i mean but then like if you've got another member of the family that they don't know is autistic who also does that it's like yeah he's the boring one like no one talks to that guy. yeah every time we talk to that guy it's the same old thing over and over again but with us like yeah well he is his special needs i feel like there's there's that and this is what i'm saying like Family is one of those things where it's set to be for, yeah, they know that that member of the family is the autistic one. So they make accommodations for it, which is like I'm saying, like with school, if you get diagnosed when you're young, they make exceptions. You don't have to try and fit into the NT world. You can just be you. Mm. Everyone else is still doing the NT stuff. All the NT things are still happening around you. But the things that don't work for you are being changed as they happen so it's easy for you same with work like it'll happen for me soon i imagine other places if they know before you and hire you they make changes you know um but this is what i'm saying like you either you either just have to try and fit in yeah or you have to just let everybody know you're not going to but then you need a diagnosis or you need like an official name or something for it otherwise they're just going to tell you that you're just going to have to fit in. This is what I think... um, This is what I think about the NT world. I think um, a lot of... Kind of what we're saying about, like, the world being NT, a lot of it feels like... I imagine not so much to NT people or not so much to a majority of NT people, but it feels a lot to me like it's constantly trying to fit in with what's considered socially acceptable for example it's when I first came to uni I was considered different for not wanting to go out drinking or clubbing at all it wasn't even that I didn't want to do it every night I just didn't want to do it full stop but that was considered different um in the same way that I enjoy playing with toys a lot like but it's not really considered socially 
acceptable for me to if someone said what we, I I don't mean Barbies but just as an example if someone said what did you go up to last night and I said oh not much I just played with my Barbies people would think that that was odd they would probably think of me from that point on as strange or different because I enjoyed doing something that we're supposed to grow out of yeah um then I thought you were joking yeah or you're a weirdo yeah or um I try and dress in a way that will make me fit in but I actually have no idea what looks weird and different so I basically just go off reactions I get like a lot of the time I'll just put an outfit on and then if I notice that loads of people are staring at me I just won't go for that outfit again not that I massively care so I'm not the sort of person that really cares if I look a bit different um but generally speaking on the day-to-day so if I'm going out into town I want to blend in if I'm just popping to the shops I really don't care I'm I'm not the sort of person that needs to look good all the time but that's another thing where I'm trying to fit in even though I don't really understand like I don't understand fashion I'd rather be comfortable all the time and I don't care if I look mental because I'm in like pajamas why would you not want to be in pajamas all the time do you know what I mean like I just I think these are all things where it's just it feels like it's a constant battle to fit in with things that I don't really understand this is what i'm saying like you, you've got to fit in with the nt world or you have to just be open and out there as someone on the spectrum yeah so that changes can be made so you don't have to fit in yeah but there's no real like any other way the world is aimed at the neurotypical so you have to just try and figure out a way to make coping mechanisms and you know shape your autism so it fits the best you can get it to yeah or you don't and you just let it become what it's naturally going to become and just hope that the rest of the world accommodates you. Um, and like it's one of those things like this is I think this is, is the why I am the way I am like thinking about it like just talking about this in general is I think this is why I'm good at like appearing NT and like my whole dress thing and like my whole personality mimicking and that kind of thing. And I think it is because I've do you know what I mean like you, you're in a world where you've got to fit in otherwise nothing works you can't you can't not tell people what it is when you don't know what it is when you don't know it's autism and then you don't try and fit in everything's just too hard everything's too difficult everything like you just end up getting into trouble all the time you never get anywhere you can't progress everything's a struggle so like for me i just invented loads of coping mechanisms so i would fit into the nt world and would appear nt like everybody else because that's the only way I could get anywhere. But like obviously the only other option was to have been diagnosed really young and then have people accommodate me by saying they go, we've got to do this, you've got to do this, this is the way of things. And then just to get like a piece of paper out and go, well, no, I don't. Yeah. You need to make changes for me because this is like obviously aimed at. Yeah other people uh and not for me but like i guess that's the difference like and that's that is why all my coping mechanisms are a certain way it's why i get into so much trouble with people now because i've got so good at appearing nt that they just assume i am but then things happen that i still can't control or still can't manage and then when those things come up they're the things that still get me into trouble so it's still reinforcing that you know yeah when I differentiate from what most people are doing and do my normal autistic behaviours, I tend to get shouted at or I tend to get into trouble or I tend to get told this isn't going to work or you can't do this, um, which just reinforces why I am the way I am anyway. Because like, obviously as a child, I decided that the things that gave me trouble were the things I had to stop doing. So I had to learn ways to not do them. And those things were my natural autistic behaviours. And I've got rid of most of them, but there's ones that you just can't control. And it doesn't matter how many coping mechanisms you come up with. It doesn't matter how good you are at managing your autism. There are certain things that will happen no matter what you do. Yeah. And when I do them, if I do them in public or do them in the situations that I said are the NT like institutions or NT places, they're the things that make me like suddenly like appear. Yeah. As... um 
Autistic. As autistic. Yeah. And then they get me into trouble. And that reinforces the previous thoughts I had of like these things get me in trouble, stop doing them. And it, it kind of gets in your head that autism's wrong. Um, because it keeps getting you into these like negative yeah. situations. Um, and that's the thing, like the, the NT world does sort of treat not intentionally, it's not like NT people hate people that are autistic. Uh, and it's not like they want to eradicate people with autism or anything like that. It's just the way everything works is catered for the NT, which makes sense when you think about it, because most people are NT. Obviously, autism is on the rise. I wouldn't say that it's on the rise, though, because more and more people are becoming autistic. I think it's on the rise because more and more people are being identified as autistic that just previously weren't. Yeah. So it's getting a bit better, but like you can't, I suppose you can't cater for everyone. Um, so like most things will be designed to work for the, for the neurotypical people, um, and not for the autistics. Cause if it could be, then you know, this wouldn't be a thing. If everything worked for both, if everything worked for those on the spectrum and if everything worked those in T, autism wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. It wouldn't be something you get diagnosed as and get classed as if it weren't different, if it wasn't against what's the standard. Yeah. Um, but it's still... It's still, yeah, it's still the reason why I am the way I am. It's still any time I ever get into trouble, like guaranteed. If I get trouble at work, fall out with members of my family, um, when I was in school and university, every time I did like bad grades or kicked out of lessons or that kind of thing, everything I would say I've ever done wrong in some way was related to my autism. Yeah. Um, and that's because there's a set way of everything being done, which is the NT way, Uh and on the occasions I couldn't do that, they're the reasons I got into trouble. Yeah, I think uh, another thing about it is it's uh, like a lot of the things we're talking about, not so much is, so we're not really talking about like say supermarkets have bright lights and that's not very accommodating. We more seem to be talking about like the uh, social norms. And what's expected of your behaviour. Which is interesting because I don't think that it's necessarily a thing that um, all NT people believe in either. Like there are, there are definite, there's loads of times where I've heard NT people say, oh, like, I wish I could just shout at that person, but I have to be polite because that's what I'm supposed to do. So I don't think that it's like, it's always a thing. But I think when you are on the spectrum, it's really difficult to get your head around why because i think for a lot of nt people they have this thing in their brain that goes i want to do that but socially i know that that's wrong for whatever reason but i think when you're on the spectrum there's a lot of that's against the social norm but why can't i do it that's definitely a thing for me if someone goes like oh you can't say that my brain i understand why i shouldn't i understand the you shouldn't swear at this person because it's mean and because otherwise you could get in trouble at work if it's like in the workplace or something like that. I understand it. But then my head goes, but if that's the way I feel, I should just be able to say it. Um, I, yeah. And I have that all the time. In like, you you shouldn't... Dr- I, I don't dress inappropriately, but I you shouldn't dress inappropriately because it might offend other people. But if I wanted to dress inappropriately, why shouldn't I? I definitely have that a lot. Um, like these are just examples. I I've never like sworn at yeah, someone yeah, at work, yeah. and I I don't dress inappropriately. That's not my thing. But I definitely have the thing in my head that goes, "But why shouldn't you?" Like I I I get it, but also if that's my choice, is that not my choice? I I, I think I find it difficult to not question things, and I question things all the time. Like not just social norms, everything. I I think. That might be one of my traits is just to constantly question why things are being done. Well, I think, well, I think this is the thing. I, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before and some people have said it that like being autistic is kind of like, yeah, for those of you that have played a computer game, it's like a computer game that has like a tutorial or a bit at the start <laughs> that tells you how to do everything and how all the buttons work and how everything works. But like when you're on the spectrum, it's kind of like you've just skipped that bit Um <laughs> And you're kind of like just been thrown in like it's the second level and you've just gone, ER, get on with it. And you just kind of go, oh, right, what, what 
what? Yeah. What does what? But for everybody else, it's fine. It's like when you say to someone, like you said, somebody that's neurotypical, I wish I could just shout at that person. They know that they can't shout at that person for reasons they, they're aware of. Yeah. Whereas for some people on the spectrum, you think, I wish I could shout at that person, but I won't. But you don't know why you won't. Yeah. You just know you won't because you know that you're not supposed to. Yeah. But you don't understand the reasons, which is obviously everything you've just said. But like, I get what you mean. No, I think you're wording it better. Than yeah. You, you, you just don't do it because someone at some point told you, you don't do this. But the way you found that out was because you shouted at someone. Yeah. So like, that's how it works. Like, it's kind of like um, you learn by your mistakes when you're on the spectrum. Nobody tells you first, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. And I'm not saying that neurotypical people get that. Because obviously, parents raise their children, like my brother's neurotypical, we were raised the same. Um, but there's just stuff that they, that I think NT people have an instinct towards mm. knowing what they can and can't do based on whatever. Whereas for me, everything I know not to do is because I've done it once already and know what happened when I did it. Yeah. So I don't do it now. Um, and I do everything that way. Uh, everything, like, everything for me, that's that's how I learn. But I think, like, when you're NT, you just... Do you know what I mean? Like, the way things work, I don't know if there's, like, hidden messages or there's things people say that you read between the lines of and that's how you know not to do something. Because um, I don't read between the lines of anything. If someone hasn't directly said it, then I don't know. Um, I don't pick up like hidden meanings or like subtle undertones of what people are saying. And I don't know if there's like these hidden messages or there's like a not subliminal, but there's this like thing that everybody that's NT just gets yeah. when they're talking to somebody or when they're doing something. They just pick up on this stuff, which is kind of how neurotypical thing is. You don't pick up on social cues and that kind of thing. But do you know what I mean? Like there's like maybe like meaning in like what people mean, like people say stuff and there's like this hidden yeah thing that they're picking up on so they know not to do it um and i it just it's gone over my head so like i just learn to i just do stuff and then if it goes badly i know not to do it again and if it went well then i'm fine but then like the thing is is i could do the same thing like 10 times in a row and it ever go well and then on the 11th time it goes wrong and then i stop doing it yeah just because of that one time because that's how i've learned to conduct myself like in everyday life but it's not to say that all neurotypical people are the same in that sense. Like, I think everybody's got some forms of autistic traits. Like, everybody, yeah. spectrum or not, neurotypical, AS, everybody's got traits of things on the spectrum. And there's things that people that are neurotypical can't do that other NTP, ND people can do. It's not like they're all exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, you know, things like anxiety or... Um, OCD OCD the things yeah. that neurotypical that have no other no other diagnosis of like bipolar or autism and that kind of thing but they still have these odd ones yeah. that appear they wouldn't have them um so I get that and everybody's everybody's they always say that everybody's got everybody's on the spectrum somewhere it's just depending on where you are depends if you're classed as autistic and there's things that I do that they do but I explain to some people when I say I can't do stuff, like I can't just go and talk to strangers and I'll speak to an NT person and they'll say, neither can I. And then they'll say, neither can I, because, you know, I'm just not good at starting conversations. I'm yeah. not, I don't know what to say first. And that's why they can't do it. Whereas then I explain to them the reason I can't do it is because I physically, my legs will stop working when I get to a yeah. certain radius. I can walk up to someone and grab something next to somebody. So say like I'm going to the supermarket, somebody's grabbing a, potato i want yeah. a potato i can walk stand like next to them to the point where we're almost touching grab a potato put it in my basket walk away yeah but if someone said now walk up to that person and ask them to get you a potato <laughs> i'd get to a certain point before them and then would just stop moving and then would feel like anxiety would feel weird would feel whatever um but then i could speak to a neurotypical person that just goes yeah i could go and ask them but how do you start that conversation um 
Like somebody told me, you know, when you go into a shop and someone comes up to you, because we work in a shop. Yeah. Somebody comes up to you and goes, do you work here? And you see people do it to people that are wearing like the supermarket's uniform. Yeah. Excuse me, do you work here? And they're dressed in the uniform of someone else. And um, I always think that's funny. I always just make a joke like, no, it's uh, really embarrassing. I didn't realise that everyone here would be wearing this. Like this has happened a lot. I just, I feel like the that's a stupid question to ask. Why would they be dressed yeah. in the uniform? But I've, I've learned that people that do that are NT and it's just that they're not good at starting conversations with strangers. So that's just like the yeah. standard thing they go for. As they're like, because they're a bit nervous. So like when you get asked that by a neurotypical person, do you work here? It's because they're not good at starting conversations with strangers. That's like, that's their approach. That's, that's their way in. That's to their the way they start it. Yeah. yeah. And, but then like, if you do that on face value to NT and AS, I can't talk to strangers. Like you're the autistic person. You're saying I can't speak to strangers and they go, me neither. I can't do it. It makes it feel like you're the same. But then when you go into the detail of what happens, I can't do it because I never sure what to say first. I can't do it because I physically can't move towards a stranger, open my mouth and I get panicked. That's when you notice the difference between NT and AS. Yeah. Is the reasoning behind it. Um, bit of a tangent there, but yeah, it's just one, nice. of, those, yeah. It's one of those things that um, makes it different, you know, that makes you realise that that's why I'm on the spectrum and you're not even though we've both got similar traits is they're a lot stronger, a lot more concentrated in me. Um, which is why I guess accommodations have to be made and things have to be altered for us to be able to just go about our day to day lives. Yeah. And I think a lot of people on the spectrum have altered their own lives into a way that fits in. Like it's not impossible, but you do take certain measures. For example, I, even if I really need to go shopping, uh, I won't go shopping if I know it's going to be really busy. I will wait until I know it's going to be quieter because, like, say I get to the shop and it's really busy, but I hadn't, I didn't think it would be, but I'm there and I'm in it. I can probably, not always, it depends on how my day's gone, but I could probably get through. But the idea of leaving my house, if I know it's going to be busy, I can't do it. I can't get myself to leave. I'll think about it. I'll be like, come on, just, you'll put your hood up, you'll have your headphones in, you'll be all right. I can't do it. Like, I can't leave the house. I need to, and I, I think it's things like that. Like, I alter the things I do to make it easier for myself. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people on the spectrum do to live in the nt world or to cope with the nt world is to think something in their head you know the the nt like patterns and structures yeah and then how to work around them yeah exactly um because if everybody was on the spectrum like if everybody was on the spectrum yeah um and no one could be in big crowds like that it wouldn't be the standard like even things like that like the work pattern for a lot of people is monday to friday weekends off it's why yeah. it's called the weekend it's why everybody that's NT is like, oh, weekend's coming, yeah. weekend's off. Like That in itself is an NT structure when you think about it. Yeah. People on the spectrum do not all want to be off at the same time. No. If the entire world was <laughs> autistic, we would not want weekends, I don't think. No. We'd want to stagger it. Yeah. So everybody's off at different times so that at no point is there a high concentration of people all at the same time. No, yeah, I agree. But that's definitely an NT thing. And NT people are fine to just obviously not all of them like once again i'm never saying this is about everybody but the vast majority are all happy to hit the shops on the exact same day at the exact same time yeah. all together you know that they're all happy to just pile into town the high street all at the same time everybody yeah. but like for us we wouldn't do that you know like people on the spectrum we I, i've never met anybody on the spectrum that just went yeah i'm good with crowds crowds no problem you can throw <laughs> me in like the middle of 100 people no issue i've never come across anybody on the spectrum that's cool with that. There's people on the spectrum that can do it, but they've worked out how to do it. Yeah. That's the difference is they've, they've taken this like normal thing of it's Saturday, it's Saturday afternoon, the high street is going to be mega chock, like everybody's going to be everywhere. Yeah. I need to go down the high street. There's no way around it, but they'll have worked out ways of doing it, either by taking a different route that everyone else has taken, headphones. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they'll have figured it out. Whereas, like, I feel like if everybody was on the spectrum, there's no way that Saturday would be the day everybody was off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would just be, like, we'll all just work in, like, patterns. Patterns, yeah. So there's never any more than, like, this many people out at one <laughs> yeah. time. But that in itself, yeah, the work week, that's that's definitely an NT structure. I mean, it's good for people on the spectrum if you do 
work the same time, same day. Yeah. But it also means that everybody's off at the same time. And the last thing you want is, like you said, it's, you know, that's how it works. You know that everybody's going to be out and about. So, you know, when it gets to a Saturday and you need to go food shopping, you pick when to go. You either go really early yeah. before anybody else is up and out and about, or you go just as the shops are about to close yeah. because most people are done. Yeah, and I think that is the way the way to deal with the NT world is to make your own way to cope in it, really. And it definitely that is definitely a thing that I know I do. I have set ways of doing things that I don't really want to do or that I struggle with, but if I have this plan in my head of how it's going to go and everything sticks to plan, then I'm fine. It's when things go out of plan that I'm just sort of thrown into the NT world without my barriers in place that's when I start having like freaking out or having a meltdown or something like that it's usually to do with whatever barrier I've put in place for myself has for some reason gone wrong and I think that is the main cause of any sort of like meltdown for me usually is because I've put something in place to protect myself and it hasn't gone to plan yeah, I would say that, actually, thinking about it, that a lot of my meltdowns or when I'm having a hard time are because of NT structures yeah. that are causing it. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's even things like the unpredictable. Um, I know a lot of people, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like everyone can deal with the unpredictable, but I feel like if you're the majority of NT people, like, they they can deal with it. Some people like unpredictable. Yeah. Like, some people that are neurotypical like things that they can't, predict like they don't they like spontaneous stuff yeah uh which is it's always been bizarre like i've always kind of watched people that are good at like or people that are unpredictable are a nightmare um my ex like she was very unpredictable (laughs) uh but i got used to it but like she'd just do stuff like no planning no thinking about it she'd just go oh yeah by the way this and i'd be like what What, how when did this like she's like oh i decided this morning um but like some people are okay with that. And I would say, yeah, the majority of my struggle with stuff is is to do with NT structures that I can't cope with. Or I can cope with on a good day, but like my own structures and routines that I've put in place to set my day up haven't happened. And then I'm being thrown into an NT world that isn't, I can't control. And that's where it's coming from. But yeah, I, I would say that a lot of the stuff that, but then like I said at the start of this, it's what makes you stand out is when you're trying to, do you know what I mean, like exist in the NT, like structures and NT world. Um, but you can't because you're on the spectrum and then you stand out to everybody else. Everybody else, you're obvious. All of a sudden you're like, um, do you know what I mean? Like you're just, you're sticking out. Yeah. People like notice it. you. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. That's the problem. Um, do you know what I mean? That's, that's where most of my, autistic behaviors come from is because I, I can't comprehend or I can't fit in or I can't do I can't do what's expected or what the NT way of doing it is that day and then that's what makes me stand out and I guess it does cause meltdowns it does cause anxiety and that kind of thing because you're having to do things that aren't meant for you to do yeah I mean a lot of it I think comes from other people and the expectations that other people have of you and just of how things are meant to go down and I think I yeah I think the thing I struggle with the most is that understanding other people and understanding like social situations I think like a key example for me of why I probably struggle more is if we're watching tv if we're watching a film or a tv show I don't understand it very well I need you to explain it to me quite a lot um so like I don't uh, why did that character do that or why has this happened or why are they smiling I thought this was a bad thing I do that all the time I don't really understand or if someone on the TV if someone on the TV has lied but it's really obvious to everyone else that it was a lie I always just think it's real and then when it turns out it's a lie which was really obvious and part of the storyline I get really confused and I think that filters through into real life for me as well I really struggle to understand people so if i i will just go along with what people are telling me and take it at face value and when there is this underlying thing i don't usually get it and i think that 
is a way of me sticking out because it seems fine when I'm going along with it up until the point where I should have behaved in a different way because there was some hidden meaning and I haven't and then I feel like I've stuck out if that yeah. makes sense but yeah, yeah. well yes. that's it for this week like I said that was quite a broad topic I think yeah, it's quite a broad topic this week uh, yeah sorry about that <laughs> Uh, the the thing the thing was talking she was talking so we uh, had to stop her um, but yeah like it was quite a broad topic like I say I didn't think we'd cover it in an hour because there's loads to go into about yeah. how it affects us and that kind of thing it's just uh, yeah it's just something I've been thinking about lately that changes have to be made for us but they don't make a lot of changes for I suppose people that are NT like they don't really make you don't really get accommodations people with NT unless they're different to what's supposed to be what's the normal I guess yeah I think it's just uh it's more interesting to think about not so much because we need to make changes not saying that we don't but I think it's interesting to think about when you think about what's actually bugging you or something that you're having to force yourself to fit into it might make you realise, do you actually want to? And maybe there's other things you can do. Maybe you can just be different instead of just following what is expected. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, it's just just something I've been thinking about lately because obviously I'm having a meeting soon where they're going to make changes. But it's just odd that I just, it just started me thinking like, wonder why that is, but it wouldn't matter what job I went to or whatever, it would have to be done anyway. Yeah. Because everything's uh, designed in a certain way, I suppose. But that's it. Uh, thanks again for listening. Um, obviously, go on our Facebook page. We're on there. Uh, it's at them Asperger's on Facebook. We've got a group, um, which, yeah, we're still letting people in. That's still going on. No trouble yet. Uh, and it's growing quite nicely, I think. There's loads of stats and stuff that Facebook tell you about what you're up on percentages down that I don't stand any of it so I'm going to say that it's going well yes but I uh, don't we're on Twitter as well um, I don't use it that much though I tend to use it just to follow other people that have got autistic stuff so like um, other people that are doing a similar thing to us or whatever I find that more interesting just to follow them and see what they're up to but yeah that is it like I say thanks again for listening and uh, we will do another episode next week thank you for listening bye